Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, July 10th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, time to get worried about your Evernote files. Looks like Meta won't have to leave the EU after all. OpenAI has a new product that people are raving about. More analysis of if AI can be useful to doctors. And I'll tell you the one simple reason Threads has hit 100 million users so fast. The answer is right in front of us. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Been a while since we dipped into the Deadpool file, but sadly, it's time today. Evernote has laid off most of its remaining staff in the U.S. and Chile and plans to relocate nearly all of its operations to Europe. Bending Spoons acquired Evernote back in 2023, earlier this year, but if I were you, I'd consider exporting any files I had on Evernote Toot Suite, quoting SFGate. The layoffs come less than six months after the company eliminated 129 workers, a decision that came as a result of the company's unprofitability, making it, quote, unsustainable in the long term, a spokesperson told TechCrunch at the time. A former darling of the productivity world, Evernote was hit by rounds of mass layoffs in 2015 and 2018 as the company attempted to expand rapidly outside of its note-taking niche. The latter layoff round came shortly after an executive exodus, and as it floundered, buzzy upstarts like San Francisco-based Notion came into the fold while Apple and Microsoft beefed up their in-house note-taking apps. Bending Spoons announced last year it surpassed $100 million in annual revenue. It also snagged a $340 million funding round backed by Italian banking giants and Maximum Effort, Ryan Reynolds' company. There are no mentions of Evernote's profit or unprofitability in the company's latest statement. A spokesperson also did not respond when asked how many workers specifically were affected by the layoffs. According to LinkedIn posts from affected workers, employees in engineering and IT were affected, end quote. Follow-up to note something we spoke about that might not happen now. The EU and the U.S. have agreed to a new deal on data transfers after EU judges threw out two previous pacts over privacy concerns. Meta had threatened to leave the EU due to uncertainty over this arrangement. Quoting Bloomberg, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen on Monday announced a deal that will allow thousands of firms to safely ship data to the U.S. without fear of violating EU privacy law, at least until it, too, is subjected to an almost inevitable challenge in the bloc's top court. Monday's breakthrough is the latest round in a long-running saga that eventually saw meta-platforms and thousands of other companies plunged into a legal vacuum. In 2020, the EU's top court annulled the so-called Privacy Shield, the previous pact regulating transatlantic data flows. Businesses large and small move around vast amounts of information needed for everything from sales and marketing to payroll processing, meaning that legal barriers risk disrupting commerce between the EU and U.S., The latest EU decision follows months of negotiations with the U.S., which last year yielded an executive order by President Joe Biden and U.S. pledges to ensure that EU citizens' data is safe once it's shipped across the Atlantic. On July 3rd, U.S. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo said the U.S. had now, quote, fulfilled its commitments toward the EU. The uncertainty at one point led Meta, Facebook's parent company, to threaten a total withdrawal from the 27-nation EU. In May, it was hit by a record 1.2 billion euro EU policy fine and given a deadline to stop shipping users' data to the U.S. via a separate tool over the same fears that EU data wasn't safe on the U.S. side, end quote. OpenAI has released an in-house chat GPT plugin called Code Interpreter to all Plus subscribers, helping them analyze data, create charts, edit files, and more. Quoting VentureBeat, 
Code Interpreter, quote, lets ChatGPT run code optionally with access to files you've uploaded. An OpenAI spokesperson wrote on the company's continuously updated ChatGPT release notes blog. You can ask ChatGPT to analyze data, create charts, edit files, perform math, etc. With a wide-ranging toolbox and a large memory, the AI can write code in Python and manipulate files up to 100 megabytes in size. Code Interpreter allows ChatGPT Plus users to generate charts, maps, data visualizations, and graphics, analyze music playlists, create interactive HTML files, clean datasets, and extract color palettes from images. The Interpreter unlocks a myriad of capabilities, making it a powerful tool for data visualization, analysis, and manipulation. Linus Belyunas, Europe Country Manager and Lithuania GM of Flutterwave, wrote a review on his LinkedIn, quote, OpenAI is unlocking their most powerful feature since GPT-4 to everyone. Anyone can be a data analyst now. Belyunas helpfully included a slideshow on his post showing 10 examples of new data visualization and analysis tasks he was able to produce with ChatGPT using Code Interpreter, including creating an interactive HTML heat map of UFO sightings from around the U.S. using only an unpolished data set. Ethan Mollick, an associate professor at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and prominent AI influencer, wrote on his Substack newsletter, One Useful Thing, that ChatGPT with Code Interpreter is, quote, the single most useful, interesting mode of AI I have used. Malik wrote that Code Interpreter, quote, makes the AI much more versatile and can provide structured data to back up points a user might wish to make. For example, I asked it to prove to a doubter that the Earth is round with code, and it provided multiple arguments integrating the text with code and images, he wrote and quote. The comedian Sarah Silverman and two other authors are suing OpenAI and Meta, claiming Llama and ChatGPT were trained on copyright-infringing material. Quoting The Verge, Comedian and author Sarah Silverman, as well as authors Christopher Golden and Richard Kadri, are suing OpenAI and Meta each in a U.S. district court over dual claims of copyright infringement. The suits allege, among other things, that OpenAI's ChatGPT and Meta's Llama were trained on illegally acquired datasets containing their works, which they say were acquired from shadow library websites like Bibliotech, Library Genesis, Z Library, and others, noting the books are, quote, available in bulk via torrent systems. In the OpenAI suit, the trio offers exhibits showing that when prompted, ChatGPT will summarize their books infringing on their copyrights. Silverman's Bedwetter is the first book shown being summarized by ChatGPT in the exhibits, while Golden's book Ararat is also used as an example, as is Kadri's book Sandman Slim. The claim says the chatbot never bothered to, quote, reproduce any of the copyright management information plaintiffs included with their published works, end quote. As for the separate lawsuits against Meta, it alleges the author's books were accessible in datasets Meta used to train its Llama models, a quartet of open-source AI models the company introduced in February. The complaint lays out in steps why the plaintiffs believe the datasets have illicit origins. In a Meta paper detailing Llama, the company points to sources for its training sets, one of which is called The Pile, which was assembled by a company called Eleuther AI. The Pile, the complaint points out, was described in an Eleuther AI paper as being put together from, quote, a copy of the contents of the Bibliotech private tracker. Bibliotech and other shadow libraries listed say the lawsuits are flagrantly illegal, end quote. In both claims, the authors say that they, quote, did not consent to the use of their copyrighted books as training material for the company's AI models. Their lawsuits each contain six counts of various types of copyright violations, negligence, unjust enrichment, and unfair competition. The authors are looking for statutory damages, restitution of profits, and more, end quote. 
selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify transformed ResumeWriters.com from the spaghetti code backend I cobbled together in college to the world-class commerce platform it sits on today. And Shopify can do the same for your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. Real talk. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70. But it's always been a taboo topic. Thankfully, Hims is changing that by providing affordable access to ED treatment all online. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash ride. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash ride for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash ride. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Sticking with the AI beat for a bit longer, the journal had an interesting look at Google's MedPalm 2, an AI chatbot for answering medical questions. Sources say testing of the bot began in April 2023 with the Mayo Clinic. Quote, AI algorithms are already used in hospitals for specialized tasks, such as predicting heart trouble from patient electrocardiograms. Generative AI tools present a new set of risks because they can be used to produce authoritative-sounding responses to medical questions, potentially influencing patients in ways that doctors might not endorse. Google executives said customers testing MedPalm 2 would retain control of their data in encrypted settings inaccessible to the tech company. The program wouldn't ingest any of that data. A Google spokeswoman declined to say when the program would be made more widely available to customers or the general public. Both Google and Microsoft also have expressed interest in a bigger ambition, building a virtual assistant that answers medical questions from patients around the world, particularly in areas with limited resources, according to company documents. Google told employees in April that an AI model trusted as a medical assistant could, quote, be of tremendous value in countries that have more limited access to doctors, according to an internal email reviewed by the Wall Street Journal that quotes a researcher working on the project. 
Microsoft and OpenAI said in a paper released in March that algorithms such as GPT-4, the program behind ChatGPT, quote, could be harnessed to provide information, communication, screening, and decision support in underserved regions, end quote. Greg Corrado, a senior research director at Google who worked on MedPalm 2, said the company was still in the early stages of developing products using the technology and working with customers to understand their needs. I don't feel that this kind of technology is yet at a place where I would want it in my family's healthcare journey, Corrado said. However, MedPalm 2, quote, takes the places in healthcare where AI can be beneficial and expands them by tenfold, he said. Hospitals are beginning to test OpenAI's GPT algorithms through Microsoft's cloud service in tasks such as summarizing doctor's notes or generating reminders. Microsoft hosts and controls the AI systems in those cases, a spokeswoman said. Google's MedPalm 2 and OpenAI's GPT-4 each scored similarly on medical exam questions, according to independent research released by the companies. Physicians who reviewed answers provided by MedPalm 2 to more than 1,000 consumer medical questions preferred the system's responses to those produced by doctors along eight out of nine categories for evaluation defined by Google, according to research the company made public in May. However, the doctors found MedPalm 2 included more inaccurate or irrelevant content in its responses than those of their peers, suggesting the program shares similar issues with other chatbots that have a tendency to confidently generate off-topic or false statements, end quote. Also from the journal, signs of progress from a pivot. Snap's new revenue-sharing incentive, the Snap Star Creator Program, is apparently showing early signs of traction as part of a broader effort to reverse Snap's declining revenue. Quote, The company behind the social media app Snapchat, which previously lost creators after cutting a big payout program, started testing a new program last year that allows participants to earn a portion of revenue from the ads shown between their posts. The new revenue-sharing incentive, in which creators who reach certain requirements are considered for Snapstar status, opened up to all eligible users in April and has several thousand creators in it. The program is part of a broader effort to reverse Snap's declining sales. The company, led by Chief Executive Evan Spiegel, has been hurt by declining user engagement and a weakened advertising business caused in part by Apple privacy policy changes that have made it harder to track the performance of some ad campaigns. Snap's stock has fallen almost 23% over the past year. A Snap spokeswoman declined to say how much money has been doled out to creators in the program or how much of the ad revenue goes to the creator, except that it is competitive with other platforms. Similar short-form video revenue-sharing programs for YouTube Shorts give certain creators 45% of the revenue from ads placed between their posts. At TikTok, the share is up to 50%. Creators prefer getting a cut of ad revenue because it tends to amount to more than what they receive from programs where the platforms pay out flat fees of creator funds. The Snapstar creator program has drawn big names, including David Dobrik, who has almost 18 million subscribers on YouTube. While creators in the program aren't prohibited from posting on other platforms, Dobrik hasn't posted a video to YouTube in more than a year. Adam Wahid, a creator with 12 million subscribers on YouTube, joined the program in February and said he now earns six figures a month posting on the platform. In the first quarter of 2023, the time users spent watching Snapchat stories from creators in the revenue share program in the U.S., more than doubled year over year, the Snap spokeswoman said. Snap is poised to report earnings this month, the first quarter since the incentives rolled out to all creators. Some analysts think Snap's moves could entice creators to post more on the platform, but are skeptical that the company's financials will fully recover in the second quarter, end quote. Finally today, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't officially confirmed it yet, at least at the time of this writing. 
But all signs point to Instagram threads having passed 100 million users. Took them just five days to do it. There are also signs from Cloudflare that usage numbers at Twitter are in decline all of a sudden. Look, if you had told me a week ago that this was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed you. But basically, everybody I follow to do this show is over on threads now. And I can definitely tell you the level of tweets I'm seeing on Twitter is down noticeably. Everyone is either cross-posting or posting exclusively to threads right now, which is a problem for my workflow because threads isn't on desktop yet. Do you want me to tell you about the tweets that Elon has been tweeting about Mark Zuckerberg over the weekend? I actually just don't feel like doing that. But look, there are three things that I think are obvious about modern life that maybe people can't see or admit to themselves because the basic facts are obscured by a lot of other complicating factors, despite the fact that these three basic facts are obvious when you think about it. Number one, all of mass media is an exercise in serving nostalgia for whatever the generation is that is at that moment in the 25 to 45-year-old age group range. Always has been. Marvel movies are dominant now because kids coming up in the 90s loved comics. If you go to Disneyland, Main Street USA looks like the Meet Me in St. Louis turn-of-the-century town Walt Disney grew up in because he was serving nostalgia for his generation in the 1950s. In the 80s, we all got served 50s nostalgia because the baby boomers were aging. We had a period of 80s nostalgia when my generation started to age. Then we got 90s. Get ready, early aughts. Your time is nigh, because once you see this pattern, you can't unsee it. Number two, 80% of the energy in crypto has always been because of one simple thing. For 30 years, we've seen people get rich from bubble after bubble after bubble. The internet, the housing bubble, you name it. A ton of energy in crypto is, and always was, people simply saying to themselves, this is my time, this is my bubble, I don't care, I'm going to get rich this time. And now number three, if Twitter dies, it's because of Elon. I mean, that sounds obvious to say, but if he had bought Twitter and just done nothing, I don't think any of this would be happening right now. It's not just because of the dumb business moves he made, it's also because, basically, he's revealed himself to be such a child. The tweets at Zuck that I refuse to read to you are just the latest instance of that. If Twitter dies, it's because people are tired of Elon being so frigging annoying. I know there's lots of other factors, but that's the bottom line. You know how there are some people in your life, no matter how great they are or how brilliant, you just can't stand to be around them. People just can't stand to be around Elon's petty messes anymore. There are a bunch of other reasons for threads maybe killing Twitter, but it all boils down to, in the end, people are leaving because they're tired of Elon, pure and simple. To paraphrase Al Pacino's Ricky Roma in Glengarry Glen Ross, you want to learn the first rule you'd know if you ever spent a day in your life, you never open your mouth until you know what the shot is. You child. <laughs>